brothers and sisters man there is so much going on in the world right now we have to remain so focused and so planted in the word of god and in his promises and in agreement with what his word says man you turn on the news and people are dying everywhere um disease covid-19 destruction it's just it's so heavy um but when you're a believer you stand firm in god and you stand firm in what his word tells you and you stand firm in his promises and you know that in the end you will triumph you will be successful i want to share with you guys something that god has placed on my heart um just in the last week i've really been meditating on revelations um and i i i try to just let god guide what i read and i find when i do that the holy spirit will pin me in the direction i'm supposed to be in and He'll give me a word for the season I'm in or the season someone else is in. Um, I really just want to share the word that I received. I know as women, as men of God, children of God, looking at the world, it can be so easy to give up on what the word says. It can be so easy to turn away from what God is telling you and what he's speaking over your life and to give up the promises of God for what's right in front of us which is what the world offers when we look at the promises of god when we look at people like abraham david like these are people these are men sarah these are these are people that had to wait on the promises of god they had to wait knowing that the covenant that god spoke over their lives while they were formed in their mother's womb before they even existed we have to understand that 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 they understood that God would honor them in their season. Even though they waited and they waited. And we see that some of them, some of the men and women of God in the Bible fell short. Or, or they tried to go around God. Or all these things. But in the end, God honored. All we have to do is repent and go back to our Father. God honored the covenant that he placed on each of their lives. And the thing that I love is that. The same God that we serve in 2020, during the season of COVID-19, during the season where unemployment rates are skyrocketing, during the se season of broken homes, broken, broken hearts, we serve a God that is the same God right now that reigned how many years ago how many thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands the I am that he is reigned before we we were even formed he's the same god back then and he's the same god today and we have to stand firm knowing just like how the children of israel had to wait we have to learn to wait in 2020 god has not forgotten us he hasn't left us void he hasn't left us where we are he will do his work in us and he will work through us in his time and his promises will happen but in his time and god has the perfect time our timing especially in this generation we want things now we want things today we want things yesterday 
Man, I've done that a hundred times where I went around God, just like Sarah and Abraham, where God made that covenant over their lives and he made those promises and he told them that they would have a child. But instead of waiting and and seeking God and just remaining in his presence, no matter how everybody would have laughed at them in their old age, giving birth to a child, they gave up at one point. We see that. We see that they went around and, and they created another child thinking this child could be the heir. When that wasn't what God had said, God had told them the covenant. He had told them the promises he had over their lives. All they had to do was position themselves to wait. And it's easy to judge Abraham and Sarah and say, well, God spoke directly to them. God was with them. It was a different day and age. There was no social media or pressure. Why didn't they wait? No, it's the same thing today that it was back then. We look at the situation. We look at the fact that, you know what? Maybe this person's going to talk about me if I stand planted in God because everybody's living like the world right now. We, we, we look at the situation. God promised me a house, but COVID-19, there's no way he's going to give me a house. God told me in 2018 that I would be married by now. There's no way he can do it during this season. Or God told me I would be healed. There's no way that can happen now. There's no way. The doctor says it's impossible. Whatever the situation is, I don't care what it is. You have to speak life into it. You got to go back into your word that you know God spoke over your life. And you have to hold on to your faith. Because when we get weak, ooh, that's when the devil can take a hold of our minds, take a hold of us. It just takes a little bit of doubt by a little bit of doubt by a little bit of doubt. And it multiplies and it takes over your mind. Next thing you know, you don't believe the promises of God and you're off trying to make a baby with someone else. And God didn't call you to do that. Hold on to your word. Hold on to your promises in this season. Don't be doubtful. Don't doubt God. He will not fail us. Reflect on Jeremiah 29, 11. He will not leave us despite how the situation looks, despite if everybody else is laughing at you, despite if all your friends are successful and you're in the back of the line. Let me tell you something. Back in the day, a couple years ago, I was the last person that anybody would expect that I would become anything. It wasn't looking realistic. And let me tell you, God gave me a few people that kept me in prayer and they kept me going and they kept me motivated and eventually when I gave my life to God God opened doors in rooms I never heard of gave me jobs that I I never thought I could be qualified for that's the God that we serve a God of covenants hold on to your word last week when when I was just asking God just direct my steps direct me um I started reading revelations and i pretty much except for the last three chapters have almost completed the book um i find revelations is a book that once you start reading it's like god whoa that why stars are falling like you just need to know the whole book you need to have it in your mind and i remember i was just looking at the news and i was looking at everything that was happening in the world and i said god let me read Revelations. I remember when I was younger and when I was a new Christian. Ooh, the book of Revelations was scary. Everybody I knew was a little bit afraid of, of Revelations. But um, it really came to me, even though I was, I was doing other studies at the time that I need to go into Revelations. Um, 
And I did that. And one thing that stood out to me and God, let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit moves, he moves because God said it plain, plain as day. I needed to do a podcast on this. And if it touches one person, it touches one person. But here it is. Revelation chapter 3. And the verse is 4. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. They shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Boy, let me tell you that verse is saying a lot. And as soon as I read it, I heard clearly in the spirit because I identify God's voice and I, I long to hear it. It's like I live for it. And I remember hearing him plain as they say, do a podcast on that. And I said, okay, God, so my second podcast <laughs> is going to be about defiling your garment. Okay, that's heavy. And um, a few days later, here I am. This verse is so powerful to me because, and I actually went into verse five as well. But he's literally saying, Jesus is literally saying, there are a few people left. That haven't defiled their garments, which is which represents the fact that they're pure, they're clean, they've been walking in his commandments, they've been walking in their purpose, they've been seeking God like David after his heart. Okay? They're they're undefiled, meaning they haven't defiled their garments, they aren't corrupt, they aren't sinful, they aren't hiding sin that they think other people don't see, or other people maybe don't see, but they think God doesn't see. No, they haven't soiled themselves. These are people that are literally undefiled. Like when you look at the definition and I'll, I'll actually read that for you guys as well. So when I pulled it up quickly on Google, defile, it means to make filthy or dirty pollute, like defiling a river with sewage. Okay. One of the other meanings here is to have sexual intercourse with a woman who is a virgin, to make unclean or unfit for ceremonial use, and to desecrate, to profane or sully. A reputation is an example of that. Unpureness, corruption. Wow. I mean, I don't know how much more clear we can get than that. Literally, Jesus was talking about the people that kept themselves pure. And I know there are people that are going to say, well, you know, I've sinned before. I'm not perfect. I've walked in a hundred different sin. I was worldly. I'm struggling with this. No, he's talking about the people that are intentionally, continuously sinning, not the people that have repented and were born again. It doesn't matter what your past was. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter any of that none of that matters it doesn't matter in the kingdom what matters and from reading revelation it's clear what matters is have you put christ first have you put sin behind you and do you know it anymore 
Because if you know your sinful ways anymore, you're not putting Christ first. He, he's talking about the people that were born again and held on to their white garments, held on to their garments of, of, of pureness, okay? Of people that were just solely focused on Jesus, that were focused on the gospel. Of people that it didn't matter what the situation is. It didn't matter what the situation looked like. It didn't matter if everybody was spoiling their garments and walking in corruption. All that mattered was they were focused on the hill from where their help came from all that mattered was they were focused on the name of jesus christ all that matters was they went through the city proclaiming the name of jesus christ when nobody else was doing it when it wasn't popular even if it was popular these are people that kept the commandments of god these are people that were born again in spirit and in truth they were worshiping these are a different breed of people i mean these are literally the people that are our, our, our prime examples like it, it, it's it's so much to comprehend but it's so little at the same time really it's just people that remain pure despite temptation despite i mean some people might be thinking oh maybe she's referring to perfect people or perfect saints no dear that's not what we're talking about because i'm far from perfect okay when i fall I got to get right back up and I have to repent. And every day I have to make a conscious decision that Jesus, my life is yours. My eyes are set on the hill. My eyes are set towards you. I will worship you. My life will be a sacrifice. I've done all the things of this earth. Almost. <laughs> okay. Almost. Not really all. <laughs> but from what I've done and from what I've experienced, nothing is as sweet or can compare to the love of Jesus sometimes we get into dark situations and dark places where we feel so alone and we feel like god doesn't hear us our family is a mess nobody understands friends don't get it we just feel like nobody in this world can understand what we're walking through but jesus whew, jesus is the ever helping friend let me tell you if you just look up look up and look for him he will find you Okay, he's never too far. The people that are seeking after him will find him. There are going to be times where it's, where it's hard. Even in Revelations, it talks about there are going to be Christians and, and believers that will be persecuted for the name of Jesus in the end times. And even if you look at the media today and you look at the things of the world today, nobody wants to hear Christianity. Not unless it's watered down or it doesn't include revelations or it doesn't include most biblical truths or it's not focused on Jesus. Okay, we can be Christians, but how about we don't say the name Jesus? How, come we, how, how about we don't worship Jesus? Because I don't know about that. No, that's not Christianity. And that's why even wherever you're planted, whatever church you're planted in, you have to know what the word of God says for yourself. And during the season of quarantine, God has been speaking to me about that. And he kept saying, Tanya, you have to know my word. You have to know Proverbs 3, 4, and 5. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. That means in everything. There's, there's no exceptions on that. There's no limitations on that. He, he literally didn't write any limitations. It, it literally is acknowledge him in all your ways. Meaning, where should I go today, Lord? What job offer should I accept? Should I even apply to this job? Do their values align with you? Is this group of friends going to take me further away from you? Or are they going to develop me? Are they going to push me into purpose? Because if not, 
You really should think about your decisions and think about, do I have an idol? Am I putting something above God? Am I putting something in the place that he should be? That's the question. Every day we get up is God's grace. It's God's mercies. Every single day. We can choose to focus on him. We can choose to listen to him. We can choose to keep our garments undefiled. Okay? Or we can choose to defile our garments, soil them, spoil them, make them corrupt, dirty, filthy. It's a decision that we make every day. And when we fall, we can choose to keep falling until we look back a year later and we're nowhere close to where we used to be. The blessings that God had for us, we've taken the long way. We're not even on the same, same track of, as God. We end up going to church on Sundays, but we're an empty vessel without filling our cups aren't running over. And that, that's against the word of God. The word of God makes no mistake. When God speaks, he doesn't make a mistake. He's clear with his directions. There's no confusion in Jesus. Let me tell you, I'm heated on this topic. I'm heated because I, I used to walk in a path of defiling my garment. And I used to think I was clean. And that's why sometimes you meet some of the, the, the spiritually mature and the spiritually grown. And they look at you and they're like, little girl, give your life to Jesus. Try Jesus. I remember my uncle, actually, at one of the lowest points in my life. I couldn't get a job. Um, taking care of my daughter was, was hard because I, I had like just a little money that they give you <laughs> in Canada, right? I never had not even half of what I have today, not even 25%, literally, maybe not even 10%, okay? And it was hard for me. And I'm not, a, I wasn't a person, I wasn't humble, and I didn't like to beg. I didn't like to ask anybody for anything. And I remember in that hard season of my life, um, my uncle said to me, he's like, T, why don't you try Jesus for six months? And I said, I, you know, I'm not really interested in that. I don't, I don't want to do that. And he said, try Jesus for six months. Tell me how it goes. That's all I'm saying. He's like, I'm not telling you to, to change your life. I'm not telling you to just give it all to God. I'm telling you to try Jesus. And <laughs> let me tell you, the best decision I ever made was to try Jesus. And I've never left. And it's been two years. Okay. And I'm still going. And the more I go, the closer I get to God. And the more I understand his word, the more he gives me wisdom when I'm reading the Bible. I remember when I first started. I don't know if some of you feel this way. But when I first started, I used to read the word and it would put me straight to bed. And I remember there were some saved Christians around me. Like, or Christians that I would watch um, preaching on YouTube. And young people, right? That I would follow. That I knew were just the famous young Christians. And they were so happy to read the word of God. And when they were giving it to the church and preaching and talking and sharing messages, it was excitement. And I'm like, how do you find that interesting? Like, that is boring. <laughs> I'm not reading that. <laughs> and then, you know, little by little, when I got saved, I was like, oh, I, I need more. I need more. I need to feed. I need to feed. I'm hungry for the word. And it just became easy. There are nights now that honestly I can read one chapter. My intention will be to read one chapter and 20 chapters later. I'm not even kidding you. 5, 4 a.m. in the morning. I'm looking at the time I'm like, oh, Lord, I need to go to bed. <laughs> 
I'm not even kidding. It's happened before where I'm just so intrigued. I need to know more. And that's something that takes, it takes time and, and it takes the filling of the Holy Spirit and just focusing on his word because he will give you that hunger every day. I'm telling you, whatever you're hungry for, that's where your attention will be. If you're hungry for popularity, if you're hungry for fashion, um, I love clothes. So I mean, extra hungry for fashion, okay? Because I love clothes. If you're hungry for money, if you're hungry for status, if you're hungry for wealth, if you're hungry for a man or a woman, that's where your attention is. That's your idol. That's what you love. That's what you're lusting after. And that's where it's unhealthy, okay? I've been there. But all I can say after this word, and I remember... There are certain things that I used to read because I grew up in church. I was in church until I was 19 and I left for a few years. And um, there were some things I used to hear when I was a kid being preached or taught or in a song. And I never understood it. It it never mattered to me because I wasn't ready to surrender. But when I surrendered my life, the word of God, it it had a different feeling. It, it, It was different. It meant something to my spirit. Whenever I'm weak... I always reflect back and I know I haven't read and I haven't prayed. I know it immediately. And sometimes we all fall. Life will happen and I haven't read my Bible for two days and I've said cheap little prayers and I'm like, God, you are, you, you are worthy of my whole life. Every breath that I breathe is yours because you breathe new life into me. Everything that I have is yours. I want to be a living sacrifice. Take me back to the place where I hungered for your word, where I hungered after your heart, where I wanted to please you, where I wanted to be a light in this world of darkness. Take me back there, Jesus. And every time I'd pray a prayer like that, God would would put the desire back in my heart because I was so focused on, oh, I'm busy. Oh, I got to take care of my daughter. Oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I got to budget my money. Oh, this is my goal. I got to get this finished. A lot of you know I just finished writing my first book. Um, and that that was another thing that ate up so much of my time. But I tried to just do it with God and only God, not my own mind, just just his. Just whatever you want me to say, Lord, let it be said in this book. But I say that all to say We get so caught up in life. We get caught up with being the perfect friend, the perfect sister, the cousin, the wife, the, I don't know, the daughter, whatever it may be, the grandmother, that we don't focus on God. And that's actually the definition of an idol. So whenever you find yourself in that place where you're not walking pure, you've defiled your garment, where you feel like God isn't on top of your list like he should be, take it back just take it back a step breathe and remember who's in control remember who you want to give your life to remember who he is El Shaddai Yahweh remember the sacrifice that was done for you on the cross and that he will never leave you burdened and alone remember when the doctor tells you that the only way out of depression is to take two pills a day and to pop an anxiety pill every night at 3 a.m. When, when you can't breathe and you can't sleep. Remember when I'm telling you that I was there. 
I, I was on pills for I don't even know how long. Anxiety pills and depression pills. I was depressed from I was at least 13 and I never knew why. It was just a spirit that came after me and I, I never knew how to shake it. And it affected every area of my life. My relationships weren't healthy. My friends knew that I would withdraw at a certain amount of time for a certain amount of time. Then I'd come back at a, at a different level of happiness and then that would go, decrease after two weeks. I wasn't healthy mentally. Okay, and spiritually as a result, because, you know, it's all one, the soul, the mind, the body, it's it's all one, the spirits, all one, it all works together, it's different components that come together. And that's what we are, right? And God wants us to be whole. And let me tell you, when I gave my life to God, instantly, one of the things I was praying for, I said, God, I'm seeking you because I, I, I need to be able to sleep at night. I need to be able to think clearly. I need to be able to walk into my purpose because I know there's a purpose for me. And I know it's not written with depression right behind it and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. I know that's not the purpose for me. And I remember I said that boldly. And let me tell you, God showed up in my room. And I gave my life to him. And ever since that day, I've never been depressed another day in my life. Okay. It's been two years. I've never been depressed. I've never been unable to sleep for anxiety. None. My mind has been renewed entirely. But it took me consciously giving my life to him. And in spirit saying, God, I'm going to try you. Just, just work with me, God. I'm going to try you. I'm going to do it your way. Because my way failed doctor's ways making me have one emotion for everything like i don't know those pills let me tell you on those pills for me i had one emotion i couldn't even be happy or too sad or it was just an equal balance like it was really odd for me and i knew something was just it wasn't for me and it was unnatural i'm not saying there aren't people that still need to use medication and you know need therapy and all of that i'm just saying for me god didn't take that route those things they didn't work for me. What worked for me was the word of God and reflecting on who I am to him and reflecting on the fact that if the enemy is going after your mind, you have a powerful mind. And I stand firm in that. And I believe that with everything in my spirit and everything in my body. I believe that if the enemy is attacking you mentally, you have a powerful mind. And if you surrender your will to God, you'll be unstoppable. I'm telling you. The enemy knows who, who, who's easily defeated and who he doesn't have to worry about. And he knows who he has to send after, send attacks after. He knows. He has wisdom. He knows. So stay focused. Stay loving. Love yourself. Love yourselves a little harder. This word was just so profound for me. Sometimes the Holy Spirit does that. Where you're just reading. And it's just so profound. You hear his voice clear as day. Directing you. Before I had this podcast, it would be, Tanya, go share this with someone. And I would say, okay, Lord. And there were times that he would say, Tanya, go share this. And I was disobedient. I was afraid. I was like, you know what? Nobody wants to hear my opinion. I've been, I've been through the trenches. Like Nobody wants to hear what I have to say about you, Jesus. And God would show up and really discipline me. Okay? Just like he did with Moses. You're going in, in, in his name, not in your own. The old you is dead. You're working for the king. That's how it works. So stay loving, my beautiful people. Stay gracious. Stay beautiful. Stay in faith. 
no matter what the media looks like, no matter what the news looks like, no matter if they're trying to evict you on August 1st, no matter if July is one big headache, no matter what your health report says, let me tell you, God is able to get you off those depression meds. No matter what is happening, God can do it. Because if he could do it for me, he could do it for you. I love y'all.